0: On today's edition of The Warrior Poet, we're going to talk about compulsions, metacompulsions, and changing habits with the help of Chuck Palahniuk and David Foster Wallace. There's a lot of reprogramming that happens in the military as soon as someone goes to boot camp in the Navy or the Naval Academy, like myself, you show up and of course you get your head shaved, you wear a uniform, you learn all the proper responses. At the Naval Academy, there are five proper responses. I think they're yes sir, no sir, aye aye sir, I'll find out sir, and I can't remember the last one. (laughs) You don't say, I don't know. You always say, I'll find out. That's the biggest thing I remember from that experience. And for a bonus, your for summer there, you have to use the sir sandwich or the ma'am sandwich. Ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Sir. Yes, sir. That reprogramming can serve a purpose. Sometimes it's good. Of course, reprogramming can also serve a bad purpose. I think often reprogramming and its effects, its power on the unwilling is extremely exaggerated, but it makes for good movies like the Manchurian Candidate that are fun to think about. I think the original Manchurian Candidate was a lot better than the one with, what was it? Liev Schreiber and Denzel Washington, maybe if I'm getting that right. Reprogramming can have benefits there's the cases to cite another military example of young men who (laughs) would commit some crime and a a judge i mean this doesn't really sound ethical really but (laughs) judges uh in the old days uh would (laughs) confront these young men and say they had two choices. One was to go to jail and the other was to join the military. And so I personally know, or at least met and, and engaged with uh, a guy I referred to previously on the co- podcast who resembled Magua in last of the Mohicans. Uh, that guy was one of those people who was faced with that choice and joined the Marines. And I don't think he regretted it at all was sort of a willing choice to get reprogrammed. There's another organization besides the military that excels in reprogramming. It's Alcoholics Anonymous. Alcoholics Anonymous, or AA, as we all know, is widely known for its 12-step program. (laughs) For a second there, I almost made it a baker's dozen of a program. Now, I've never gone through AA. Of course I have watched Fight Club many times. <laughs> Not that that qualifies me as an expert on AA. But you got to admit that Chuck Palahniuk's inclusion of Tyler Durden and uh whatever her name was, the uh crazy romantic interest uh played by Helena Bonham Carter in that movie in the beginning, how they compulsively attend all these uh, support groups, these addiction support groups, in uh, what I would characterize as a kind of meta compulsion they have. And you witness all of the rituals in each of these sessions. Of course, the main characters aren't really looking to get reprogrammed. They're almost getting a sadistic thrill out of going to all these support groups it's pretty twisted anyway aa has this characteristic of having these 12 steps and often people who go through the program don't even agree with all of the steps and perhaps maybe some of them are even in conflict i had a conversation the other day with a colleague and we were talking about the amazon leadership principles and how They are often directly in conflict, yet, she said, maybe that's the point. What got me thinking about these topics is the book Infinite Jest by David Foster Wallace, which I've referred to on the program before. I will ask your indulgence, dear listener, because it's a thousand page book and I'm making my way through it. So it's going to help me think of interesting topics that I mull over from time to time. So I'll try not to make this an infinite jest podcast as I slog through this book. There's a passage here that I'll I'll read a little of uh, for anyone who cares. It's on page 369 of the 20th anniversary edition of infinite jest from 2016 i'll paraphrase a little so those who don't care to read the book or never have uh can keep up they're talking about someone named don gately a main character in the book and he's a recovering addict he's thinking to himself about the vagaries of the program He says, This doesn't mean you can't pay empty or hypocritical lip service, however. Paradoxically enough, the desperate, newly sober participants are always encouraged to invoke and pay empty lip service to slogans they don't yet understand or believe. For example, Easy does it, and turn it over, and one day at a time. It's called, quote, fake it till you make it, itself an oft-invoked slogan. Everybody on a commitment who gets up publicly to speak, starts out saying he's an alcoholic, says it whether he believes it yet or not. Then everybody up there says how grateful he is to be sober today and how great it is to be active and out with his group, even if he's not grateful or pleased about it at all. You're encouraged to keep saying stuff like this until you start to believe it, just like if you ask somebody with serious sober time how long you'll have to keep schlepping to all these goddamn meetings. He'll smile, that infuriating smile, and tell you just until you start to want to go to all these goddamn meetings. There's some definite cultish brainwashy elements to the AA program. The term program itself resonates darkly for those who fear getting brainwashed. And Gately tries to be candid with his residents. Read this issue. In one page here, David Foster Wallace has captured some very interesting elements of the brain and our lives and what we want to do with those lives. The book itself really frustrated me at first. I barely made it through the first 100 pages, 150 pages. I really thought about putting it down, but I'm glad I didn't because. Now that I'm farther through and I understand how he has written this book and, and what it's all about, what the style is, and, and once I've acknowledged that I'm not going to look up every word that he has in there, including a lot of Québécois French, which I don't care to learn anytime soon. Once I've embraced all that, I've begun to appreciate the wisdom and humor that's inserted on almost every page. In this case, we'll talk about this idea of going through the motions. And in the next episode of the podcast, we'll talk about another element that's on the same page around your purpose and defining your mission, whether you're an alcoholic or have some other things that you want to improve in your life. Hopefully, we all do. It's interesting that this ability to change by going through the motions is captured in probably tony robbins aa and hosts host of other areas yet most of us probably don't do it because it's so hard to believe that this can work even though evidence abounds that it can We've referenced Charles Duhigg and James Clear a lot on this podcast around changing habits and how just changing your environment around you can kind of hack your mind and morph your habits, among other tips that they've shared in those resources. There's always the danger that will optimize for what we want right now, right? That's the key problem that kicks off addiction, whether that be alcoholism or compulsive shopping gambling etc in the case of alcoholism and other chemical addictions at least often you get to some sort of decision point assuming you survive which may be doubtful as david foster wallace describes it in excruciating detail in the book not that it's all about. AA and drugs and alcohol there's lots of other topics in the book if you're thinking about reading it if you survive bodily despite suffering very much and maybe ending up on the street you can reach a binary decision point where you kind of have no lower left to go and it's obvious which direction you need to head. and so that may or may not be true <laughs> I luckily haven't gone through that struggle, but it's safe to say that David Foster Wallace was intimately aware of what that struggle was like. And so, in this way, the addict's mind at least can be clear about that binary choice to backslide and start using again or to get better. And it's an easy spectrum. You're either going towards A or you're going towards B, even though it may be really hard to get to that better place. So again, limiting our discussion to this world in which you've chosen a path, whatever it is, it's probably easier to change negative habits in this way because it's obvious what you're trying to do. You're trying to undo a negative. So what I'm suggesting here is that perhaps we all consider embracing The wisdom of these positive affirmations, these meaningless sayings, whether it be AA, whether it be self-help book, whether it be something like Tom Cruise's Magnolia character or Dupree and (laughs) you, me, and Dupree, Owen Wilson movie, which is awesome by the way. Blind faith can come through that binary decision point for addicts, but perhaps we can embrace that blind faith a little bit ourselves. Can we say it till we believe it, whatever that thing is? Can we develop some actions that just lead to muscle memory and enjoyment? Actions can be the antidote if we trust the process. One thing we're thinking about is, is it just easier to adopt someone else's process? let's say you're not looking to stop a drug habit and you are looking to make some other change in your life. That's less well-documented. Can you develop your own program? I'm sure you can, but it's probably easier to take one off the shelf because there's that temptation to keep optimizing the plan that we have in our heads instead of trusting the process and now is that time of the program where we get all the way wet aka the footnotes and for any alcoholics here we'll be serving up shirley temples and coke zeros aplenty footnote number one and the only footnote for today in that same passage that i read to you earlier Well, beyond that passage, actually, Don Gately, the character in Infinite Jest, talks about the program, meaning AA, and how it's less of a reprogramming and more of a deprogramming. It's more of a true washing rather than a replacing of beliefs like the kind we see in the Manchurian Candidate. But you aren't really just cleaning the slate. Are you in that situation now meditation can help clear our minds, but to me, it's the nature of the brain to automatically fill in something when we leave a void. It feels like if you want to deprogram, you kind of have to deprogram yourself to something else, which removes the D part of that idea. Even if you could just say, I don't want this or that thought or that habit, and you want to remove those parts of the mind, your brain would just reprogram itself to something new. And then how do you know that's the thing you want? It's almost more dangerous maybe to allow your brain to reprogram itself to whatever instead of actively trying to insert something that you want. As a thought experiment, if we think about the way the brain works in terms of evolution, if we were to go back in time, millennia, sorry, confused millennia with millions of years there. If we were to go back in time, millions of years, billions of years, actually, and then erase all life, like not just human life, all life except for the earliest genetic material in the primordial ooze we'd still get something it almost surely wouldn't be humans wouldn't be elephants wouldn't be birds who knows at least not in anything approaching the same form now sure it it would some scientists here argue with me and say well the conditions of the environment may actually produce the same outcomes but it's exceedingly unlikely that they would be in the same form as they are today so we would get some life because that genetic material wants to copy itself if you want to know more about that richard dawkins the selfish gene and other books by him are a good place to start about sort of the inevitability of life once that first genetic material was created. But unless we have a target for where we want to go in our lives, we'll end up with a similar, what's called an emergent process, an organic process. It just kind of happens based upon some simple rules. And simple incentives, whether those be chemical in the brain with our neurons, or whether that be the case for that genetic material and the primordial ooze and the genetic material that's in every living being. We may be incapable of becoming hollow shells. So if you don't know what that point B is where you want to go, you can't exactly deprogram yourself, because at least theoretically here, you may not like the result. So to summarize this last point, we've talked about before how the brain is wired to win and how there's this spotlight effect of wherever you are, whatever you're working on, whatever your relationships are like, your brain will fixate on those things, your brain will be trained in a sense by those things too don't make the mistake i shouldn't make the mistake either of assuming that our brain can be completely independent and removed from our surroundings quite the opposite our brain is trained by our surroundings our brain is wired to win and so our brain will Fill up itself with knowledge and patterns and ideas once we empty it. Even if we turn back the clock, our mind will automatically start evolving in a certain way. So my suggestion is we pick a direction that we want to go. There's a reason that many meditation coaches tara brock is a great one online b-r-a-c-h she has a podcast that's been going for years now runs retreats i've never been to a retreat i've heard they're good there's a reason that she and others like the headspace guy andy suggest that you have a reason or a purpose or an intention as i think tara brach calls it what's your intention when you sit down to meditate i'm no meditation expert but my thinking is that that intention helps you figure out where you're trying to go even if decluttering the mind getting rid of anxiety those sorts of things are what you're trying to achieve you have some sort of focus at least to direct where the mind goes and how The mind evolves. Goodness knows that we do need to deprogram many things from culture, from school, from parents, from religion, from full-time employment, all sorts of things. We all can choose what those things are that we want to deprogram out of our lives. But maybe first we'll figure out where. We want to go. The Warrior Poet is a property of Raniac Productions. If you like The Warrior Poet, there's more great content on Instagram. Follow Sri, the Warrior Poet, on Instagram. That's S-R-I, the Warrior Poet. You can also get to know me on a personal level by following Sri, actually, on Instagram as well. The Warrior Poet is produced by Laddie, with special contributions by Spoonman and me, Sri. No oh, no 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 Kevin Mina do it. spita